<laughs> and hello and welcome to I Need Live. My name is Jack Reedy and I'm the INE's Director of Cybersecurity Content and your host for today, which is Halloween here in the U.S. if you haven't guessed. <laughs> in just a minute, I'll be joined by the renowned Brooke Seahorn as we dive into your submitted IT horror stories with a couple of our own stories to join in the group as well. But before we do, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe on whichever social media platform you're using so you can stay in the loop whenever we go live. Now, we are live across most of the popular platforms like LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, and a couple of websites as well. If you want to get involved, talk to us, talk to others, we definitely love to see that. Our team is monitoring the chat, and if you have a comment, please drop it in. If you have a question, please put a cue at the beginning so we can find those easily. We promise we'll get to as many as we can today on this spooky of days. <laughs> With that, I'll bring in my in today's guest, Brooks Seahorn. Brooks is a uh, cloud instructor at INE, specializing in AWS. Before coming to us, he was an instructor and content creator at Amazon Web Services for three years. But even before Amazon, he wore many hats for almost two decades within the Department of Defense as a developer, engineer, and architect, just to name a few of them. Brooks, how are you doing today? Man, I am doing great. I wish I had an outfit like that. The makeup is fantastic. Well, that is just perfect for this episode of Spooky Stories, man. But I'm stuck with the, instead with these awful glasses since I've decided that it'd be better just to tear my eye out halfway and just stick with wearing glasses for the next two weeks. So that's all I've got, man. Nothing spooky. <laughs> Nothing sorry spooky to hear about at all. your eye, man. <laughs> sorry, Nothing but, spooky no, no. at all. Knowing you and the stories, I'm pretty sure we'll hear some spooky anyway. <laughs> oh, I has them. I has the stories. But it looks like we have a bunch of stories from our listeners and our fans out there. And I've been reading through some of them. And these are pretty good because, like, I mean, like, mine are tech scary. But, like, we've even got folks in here who have actually got, like, actual spooky scary in them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we asked... If you guys are unfamiliar, we did put out on the socials and asked for everyone to submit uh, their spooky IT stories, mm -hmm. and the winner of which is going to receive a one-year subscription to our, you know, to INE. Wow. However, I, I think some people kind of maybe got a little bit confused because we got actual ghost stories in here too. <laughs> we um, did. We did. <laughs> you yeah, know, and uh, it was it was a vibe. It was a vibe reading through all of these. Oh, it was. I know when you get a, when you get an, I saw, I was sent to go look at some computers at a hospital. You're mean, like, okay, this is going to go sideways real fast. And this sounds bad. <laughs> which, which is funny actually. Cause I, I've done some it work in some spooky places on base where you have, you know, history of, of things. And these bases have been around yeah. since the 1900s. So actually we have a couple of those as well, where we're in a vault of all things and the door just rips open, which shouldn't be able to happen in the first place. <laughs> and we, we were sleeping there overnight because the IT stuff just went too long and we had to just start working after about a nap. Yeah. And there was a dozen of us and the door just ripped open on its hinges and this door was about 30 pounds. Now it was unlocked, no. but still a 30 pound door just flying open in the middle of the night. And no. there was about a dozen of us to, to witness this and wake up to it. It was great. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's time just okay, we're gonna format these drives and just leave. How about that? We're done. Whatever's going on Basically. here can stay right here. We don't need this. Basically. Oh. Great time. Oh dude, um, that's spooky. 
so we're going to go ahead and jump into our first one now. Just want to l- remind everybody that we did receive a ton of stories, and they were really great ghost stories. But because it didn't include IT as well, we didn't really feel the need to include them or, you know, it was a little hard in there. So we kind of stuck more to the IT stuff, and we have we have a little bit of blend. Um, and also, as a reminder and a disclaimer, I am paraphrasing some of the submissions just for readability's sake. Um, but let's go ahead and jump in. So the first one we have is called Half a Billion Dollars. And it's one. working in a hospital, the cybersecurity policy is to re- re-image the computer to avoid the spread and eventual ransomware. The guideline is to re-image without saving any data. Someone got a virus and the guy I trained wiped her computer per the policy. She became hectic and he called for me to assist. She then explained that all of her emails are gone. So I checked mm-hmm. the sync status with the exchange server and then asked if they were Outlook archives. She said yes. I asked where she had saved the PST file, and she said she was unsure. I tell her that if the PST file was on the hard drive, it is gone as the hospital does not have data recovery software. She said no, it can't be gone, and goes on to explain that she had receipts regarding pandemic-related expenses and that those receipts were required by the government to get reimbursed. I told her I understand, but this was decided on an enterprise level, and on top of that, for the last two years, the hospital instructed everyone to import their Outlook archives in Outlook and stop using PSTs. Furthermore, people were instructed to save anything important in the provided cloud storage. She almost fainted and told me to do something as we were talking about half a billion dollars. I said I'll check in case it's stored on your personal network drive, but I can't make any promises. I map the drive and look for the PST file, and luckily it was there. I imported that huge PST file. It's now synced with the Exchange server, and she didn't get fired. (laughs) That one. That is insane. Half a billion dollars. Ouch. In a PST file of all things. As somebody who dealt with Exchange 55 for years, that story freaks me out, man. That is not good. Not yeah. good. That I mean, PST files, I've heard of like because we've definitely moved away from that type of file type and storage yeah. for data, you know, for uh Outlook storage. But the funny thing is, is that I had something similar when I was in Afghanistan where somebody saved something to a PST file that was in their personal drive that was attached. And you're from the federal government too, so you know the CACs. So whenever Mm -hmm. you put a CAC in, you get a personal personal storage drive that follows you to computer to computer to computer. It's supposed to. It's supposed to. (laughs) Except we deployed all the way to Afghanistan, and then the Intel guys were like, where's these files? I saved it to my card. No, no, you didn't. (laughs) You did no. not save it to your card. No, no, you did not. No, you did not. No, you did not. I mean, that's sort of tantamount to back before then. Really going to put my date myself here. There was the, uh, you know, our our PCMs, PCMCIA encryption cards that we mm. used to use. And we okay. had somebody who had encrypted a bunch of files using it. And then in a fit of anger had literally, I am so sick of these four Tesla drivers, had pulled it out and bam and hit it like that just absolutely just launched on it like that and it was like like literally you could hear george takai from hundreds of miles away just going oh my because it was over (laughs) those files were not coming back 
not coming nope. back. So, whew, hey, everybody, be careful with your files. Be real careful with them. <laughs> or you can have a spooky day, too. Especially data that is worth half a billion dollars. <laughs> I can't. Why don't, you, why don't you go ahead, ma'am, and have that in three places? Put that in three places. Why not? You think. Yeah, I, I personally, once it gets to the M, if it gets to a million dollars worth of data, I'm already saving it in three places, online, offline, and and local. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I had a server once like that. This was a personal thing. It was a uh, it was a real estate company. They also did um, uh, 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 sort of estate planning and stuff like that. So that these files they had, if you put a value on them, this little server sitting in this back corner was worth like – over half a million dollars and like the dogs would sleep next to it and stuff like that. It had never been backed up. It was in a trailer. It's like, what are you doing? Do you not? Yep. I once found the uh, backup service for one of the hospitals that was on base in a basement of what is right next to the water. So if there had been any flooding whatsoever, their backups would have been trashed. And, and, and we do this to ourselves, Jack. We do this to ourselves. This mm -hmm. we, we just kind of go, just get it done. We sit it there. It's like we literally come up with this, you know, this witch's brew of just just horror. And we mix it up and we walk away. And then when we're shocked, when we come back and see what happened. Wow. You know what that witch's brew is called? Not what? my job. Not my job. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's somebody just going, not my job. Not my job. Not <laughs> my job. Somebody else in the back end. Yeah. Jack, I used to work in this server room. It was a server room slash where you had to work because there was no place else to sit. It was this mm -hmm. giant room. We had all the servers in it. It was a global communication hub, okay? And you okay. know as well as I do, if you've worked in the government, every room is mag-locked. So when you go to leave, you walk to the door, you push the little button, the magnet releases, and then you go out the door, right? Well, a not-my-job did the following. They had a motion detector there. So as you walked up to it, you didn't have to push a button, but there was a button there and it was completely unprotected. And if you hit that button, it cut the power to the lab. It was not <laughs> protected, Jack. There was no plastic cover. Y'all, I'm not making this up. There's people out there I hope can re relate to this, but it was wide open. And we had a lady come over who yelled at us because she wanted our servers. And we said, you're not ever going to host our servers. Please go away. So she goes to go out and literally like her hand goes back to hit that button because anybody else knows to hit the button to leave. And we just saw it in slow motion and she hit that button. Everything shut down except the servers because they had their backups. Sir, we were in there. It was like 105 degrees. Oh man. And the temperature is just going through the roof because the HVACs are all shut down. The, uh, the winds are all shut down. Dude. Yep. Yeah, right there. Not my job. I don't have to cover it. We'll just leave it there. It looks good. I think my my favorite, you talk about doors and releases and magnetic releases. I think my favorite was at a sock I went to to visit. Um, they had this beautiful entryway, glass doors, you know, all of that. Pristine, you oh, have yeah. the badge, get in and out and release. And there's just the smallest sliver between the doors, but it's glass. So you can see that the locks are above and there's nothing in between. Yeah. To, and on the other side, if you're leaving the sock, it is a motion sensor to open that door. So I didn't, I accidentally left my badge inside and I needed to get back into the sock to go into the room to go and complete the class. I couldn't get in. Nobody was there. It was lunchtime. Nobody was letting me in. So I just took a piece of paper in my hand and I threw it through and the motion sensor activated and I just walked in to the sock. Yes.
that like it, it's that easy sometimes and you just don't think about it so go ahead and keep going with the uh images and this one's real quick remote re-image I was the client in this one, and I was just asking for a check on my laptop's Wi-Fi card, and if it is due to recheck, due for rechecking. After a week of no update, they told me they uh, they just conducted a diagnostic check and everything was fine. When I got home and checked the laptop, the Wi-Fi was indeed working, but all the data was wiped out. Lectures, work, and personal data were all gone. The worst data that was lost was my game progress and Minecraft <laughs> world. <laughs> I literally broke into tears. Indeed. Never got my data back. I, I included this one, guys, because this is kind of on the user, too. <laughs> so generally speaking, if you're on a work laptop, nobody in IT appreciates your Minecraft world. <laughs> nobody cares. No one cares. And depending on how mean they are, they may see it and go, that's not supposed to be there. Boop. That is a security risk. Congratulations. Everything is now being deleted. And all you did was say, is my Wi-Fi card good? Can, can you just yep. check that? <laughs> yeah. And all of that. That is amazing. Oh, Jack, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, the stuff that can open up with just the smallest stuff, the smallest stuff just balloons mm -hmm. into a nightmare. Oh, I, I once had a guy who had just gotten a brand new Android phone. He had only had it for like 11 days. We go on an operation right before we go on this, this um, what we call field op, so practice, if you will. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go on a field op. We're getting ready to go uh, deploy to Afghanistan. I get an alert <coughs> for flash a flash device on the classified network, which is a huge no-no. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let me go and check. I go, I check. It's this guy's first day, day one in the coc all he is supposed to be doing is he's supposed to be the clerk taking notes yep he ignored the big red sign that said put personal devices here when you yep. walk in he That's took it right. to his seat in a classified network and he plugged it into the laptop to charge it so that device became wow. classified immediately and was taken D did you put the sticker on it please tell me yep. you put the sticker on it that's that's for those of you who don't know what that means, if you've got a device, it could be something as simple as this, and it suddenly gets classified. There's this beautiful red sticker, and there's other mm -hmm. colors too. Slap it on there, it's going nowhere. It is done. It is absolutely And then basically done. we do a whole form paperwork to schedule it for destruction, and then it goes to the end of the range whenever at the very end of the range, it goes to the end of the range, and we just shoot it. Oh, you shot it. Oh, oh yeah, wow. that was the Marine Corps way, man. We either put screws through it or shot it, depending on which one was coming up first. If we didn't have time to go to the range or we were yeah. deployed, then we yeah. would put screws through it. But it, it used to, like, there used to be, um, I think it was the 6th Regiment location. Anybody that's deployed to uh, Leatherneck would know this lit place, but the 6th Regiment oh, combat Leatherneck. location. Yeah, 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 Leatherneck, right? There right. was an entire board that had a decoration of all the personal devices that they had found in classified oh, spaces right wow. in the center was a big ipad that had a bunch of bullet holes through it and then everywhere else had a screw that through it as well some bullet holes depending on whether or not and it could be government devices it can be personal it doesn't matter they will take no flash drive on classified networks it was very easy to hey yeah. th that is an absolute mistake i we had a colonel who who entered a ticket with the it shop one time said i'm getting a problem 
with Exchange. And basically, they were trying to get me involved to figure out what was going on with it. And so what he did was is he created this ticket, sent him a screenshot of the error. And the uh, I guess the airman was talking to him. Uh, sir, where, where did you get this uh, screenshot from? He said, I got it from the server. You mean the server that's on the sipper side, sir? <laughs> yeah. What about it? And that's oh, when he realized he had taken a thumb over, plugged it in, got the snapshot, copied it to the thumb, took it back to the low side, and added it to the ticket. I had to destroy so many thumb drives when I first showed up. <laughs> it was great. Um, so moving on to our next story. Whoops, yep. all malware. This malware. one was sent in anonymously. Yeah. One day, one of our clients called us to say that they had been attacked by ransomware that evening. They had turned off all the network connections to prevent the spread of the malware. Mm -hmm. So I started a remote session with the client immediately to block the malware's connection to the C2 server and then ran a boot scan to remove the malware from the infected machine. There you go. I troubleshot the firewall policy because the clients didn't receive the updated policy that blocks and prevents connections to the malware's C2 server from the console server. One of the things that I did is to turn off and then turn on the features of the policy. But huh. I didn't notice that after I turned on the policy, I double clicked and again the features, so I turned it off again accidentally. Oh. And I saved it since it's already the evening and we were all thinking that we had already prevented it as in contained it. Oh. We decided that we would continue in the morning. Sure. Then sure. in the morning, we were shocked to see that all the workstations had already encrypted all the files. Oh. After the investigations, we discovered that one of the servers infected by malware didn't finish the scan and booted normally. So the malware spread to all workstations and the second layer firewall was turned off during that time because I forgot to turn it on for all the workstations. With the technical support that handled the security in that company, we decided to move on and rebuild the infrastructure from the ground up as a remediation for ransomware. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Do you, Jack, let me ask you a question, okay? You're the cyber guy. I have a question about yeah. this one right here because of that last sentence. I have heard lately, like some of the people I respect more than any people, people like uh, Neil Ford, folks like that saying, when it gets real bad, just start over. Like you're not going to root out everything that's there. Just start over. And that sounds like what they did. Yeah. So it depends. I mean, it depends on how well your logging strategy is because yeah. you need to be able to trace exactly what happened to a level of professionality to be able to trust the operations and what they did and didn't touch, including your backups. Realistically, mm -hmm. if you have backups, I generally prefer to say bring them on offline. So that mm -hmm. way, even if it is infected, it's not going to fully, you know, if they aren't corrupted as of yet, you have mm -hmm. a chance to recover the data, then rebuild mm -hmm. the systems and apply the data to it retroactively, you know, from an archive standpoint. There right. are plenty of companies out there that specialize in ransomware recovery. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I, you know, if, if you're with one of those companies, then yes, do it. But if you're just going at this alone, it's a lot better to, it's not the only option. It's just the other option is expensive. So it needs to make sense from a return on investment standpoint. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not yeah. that it's impossible to 
recover from a ransomware live mm-hmm. action and pull pull your backups up and do everything. It's just, do you have the skill set in your company to do it that you can be assured that everything's good? If you don't handle this stuff regularly, it's better to bring in a professional. And even when you do bring in the professional, make sure that you actually have a professional, not just somebody who says, I can do this, right? Right. Yeah. You don't just Absolutely. want you don't want to wait six months and for this just to happen again because they were just waiting for you to get back operations and then lock you out again. Do you know I think I went on a complete rant teaching AWS disaster recovery just on that point right there to the point of guess what you've got if you've got a backup that's never been tested? You've got a file. That's all <laughs> you've got. Don't even call it, don't tell me it's a backup. And in fact, go another step further. If you've never actually exercised your ability to do these things, you have no clue because it's going to happen at 3 a.m. in the, talk about spooky, okay? Mm -hmm. It's going to be at 3 a.m. in the morning. You're going to be tired. The whole team's going to be tired. Mistakes will be made. Yeah, (laughs) no, definitely, uh, you know, doing a tabletop exercise to make sure that this is, these are the steps that we follow. This is what happens. I mean, even just writing it down and making a checklist that you've gone through everything possible to restore back to normal is yep, a, yep. a, you know, uh, one of the first steps you can take in a new place just to make sure that that checklist does exist and it's been practiced and we, you have all the points of contact in order and in line. Mm-hmm. Having to on the fly figure out how to recover from nothing is mm-hmm. usually what is a massive delay in actually resolving an incident. Pulled so. down the business continuity guide from the wall one time, opened mm-hmm. it up to the first page. The first page was this nice page printed out on a very proper letterhead announcing this, this was the continuity guide. Use the attached uh, provider's user manual to restore in case of a disaster. They had printed up the user manual, filled oh. up this three ring binder and just said, there you go. That's how you fix it. We're good. Yeah, Bye, that's y'all. how you want to have documentation from a vendor. Static. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that's what you want. Static documentation from a vendor without an expiration date. So moving on to the next story, though. Um, I, I just backup. named this one Kentucky Fried Backup. Uh, I have a, a horrid story where I thought I would be fired. I inherited a very simple network storage setup. It was a NAS with an external hard drive plugged into it via USB for backup. The previous IT guy was seen as this amazing IT guy and honestly was way above my level of knowledge. I figured if he didn't think rotating the backups was necessary, then I didn't need to change that. There you go. Well, a storm hit and it fried both the NAS and the backup drive. I'd only been there for a year. I was still very much in the imposter syndrome phase with that being my first real IT job. Now, nothing we lost was all that critical. It just meant extra work for staff that didn't have external backups. Oh, that's when you find your backup regimen sucks. That's when you find out. That's when you find out. (laughs) Yep. And that's the problem. You know, it, 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 you inherit these best practices, quote unquote, best practices. (laughs) And keep in mind that, you know, up until like when even when I started working in IT, when I started working in in security, like yeah. when I started working in security, that was pre uh, Manning, you know, from the DOD perspective. 
<laughs> Weird time for a clap, but okay. That okay. was uh, <laughs> pre. That was pre uh, Manning. So there was no data loss prevention that was happening in the federal government. There was mm-hmm. no, you know, controls and things like that on the way, way that things were even printed. You know, yep. like. It, so the best practices at the time, if I had just carried over what I was taught moving forward, we would still like the networks would still be very unsecure constantly and consistently, you know, <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I mean, and that one gets me too, because like one of the first uh, big IT jobs I had, um, we were basically, it was just, we were the developers and we did everything. We were the network engineers. We wrote software. We ran the exchange servers. We did everything. And this was at a state level agency that was actually the driver's license agency. And we had the vendor come in for this big robotic backup drive. This is one of the old cool ones where the arm would come up, grab the tape, pull it out, then go and then plug it in. I've one seen of those a couple things. of those. Yeah. Yeah. This is like 1999, man. I don't know when this thing actually went into production. Anyway, he came in, fixed some problems, and then went to turn it back on. Now, here's the thing, though, and this is really going to throw everybody for a loop. This was SCSI technology. And if you don't know what SCSI, you've got like position zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever the case may be. He thought, well, this thing's got to be zero. It's like it's the only device on there, this big robotic tape lab. Plugged it into zero brought the machine back up and the entire driver's license database crashed because in fact, the internal hard drive system was sitting on SCSI zero. The OS come up and said, who's on zero? And everybody yelled, we are. And the whole thing crashed. We lost money, son. We lost money. (laughs) Oh man, that is... That is insane. Yeah, that. So it's funny that you bring up the tape backups and the little arms and stuff like that from the 90s, because I think 2015, I want to say I saw those still working at the Pentagon. So yes, (laughs) yes, unhackable, unhackable. The tech is so old, you can't hack in. I mean, I generally don't use those that phrase at all whatsoever. So I'm not going to agree with you on that because that's how you get hacked. <laughs> Make a claim like that and you'll find out very quickly how hackable it is. Well, hey, look, you got to have that five. You got to have that that floppy drive if you're going to get into it. There you go. Well, I, you know, one of my favorites was um, the old hackers movie where they had the tape and they were fighting over it, like the arm moving left and right, arguing over what's going to be on next. Right. <laughs> I, and but, I was like, yeah, because that's how hacking works. Like legitimately that just, you know. I'm literally talking to the arm. I'm on the IRQ level messing around with the thing. Yep. Absolutely. I'm doing that. <laughs> um, so no I'm going to read this next one. I called office space. And honestly, this one we decided would be um, from the group internally. We decided that this was going to be our winner. So congratulations. We'll have um, – we will have Crystal uh, reach out to you uh, to make sure that you get you win your prize. But so a client submits a ticket, uh, only one line on that ticket, and it reads, "Please perform virus scan." Well, yes. I contact the client to arrange to collect the machine and deliver a loaner. But before I hang up the call, it's beating in the back of my head to ask why no one, uh, why one was needed. <laughs> Me. So I would be neglecting my job if I do not ask why you needed this done. Client, oh yes, I got this weird message on my laptop that told me to call a number. 
I've just got this eerie horror movie chill running down my spine. Me. So you called the number and what happened? Client, I was talking to a guy who asked for some information to identify me and my laptop to him. I gave him what he asked for. The client had given this man, strange man, the network credentials, the IP address, MAC address, and the bit locker. Client, I was on the phone for about 10 minutes until he asked for money to fix my issue, and I realized then I wasn't talking to the help desk. As she is talking, my head is now on my desk, and I am setting a network lockout for the machine. Okay, so here's what is about to happen. I can never get that machine back to you, and we have now locked it out of the network. This has been reported to the security department, and aside from their scans, once they are done, we are going to have to old yeller the poor thing. Well, what about my files? You will either get them back or you won't. It's not my call. But that's 17 years of my work life. I can't lose that stuff. Well, here's the issue. You didn't just give them a username and password. You pretty much handed them the keys to the Magic Kingdom. So the security department did their scans. And right after, I was ordered to sanitize the machine. So me and the boys took out the hard drive. And the beat boys. the crap out of the chassis for fun and magnetically danced around the drive. Best day of my early IT life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That phrase. So here, what it, here is what is about to happen. Typically, you know, you're on the hood of a trooper's car handcuffed. You know, when you hear stuff like that, that is a <laughs> terrible phrase to have to hear. Here's what is about here's what is about uh, to happen so here is what is about to happen just <laughs> i just i love the idea i mean it, it he really did just describe office space at the end there with the beating the, yeah. beating the jassy and yeah you know magnetically danced around the drive that i just imagine a maypole with the chassis just burning in the center Oh yeah, and they've got like the ribbons and they're dancing around and just, just like holding holding D are just dancing yeah. around the hard drive. Oh man, that is unbelievable. And you know, and, and we, and it's so easy to fall for it. It's so easy to get tricked by it. You know, it's it, just it really is. And again, I, it's just it's so it, it's. A tale as old as time. I haven't backed up my system. I think 17 years might be a little, you know, um, overkill. I, you know, I'd be impressed to see that system still operating. But <clears throat> you know, I mean, not anymore. I guess it's buried out back. <laughs> they, exactly. They, they good. They good fellas. The drive apparently. <laughs> I think we have an old IDE connector. We could slap that thing on and get it up and running. This will be just fine. Let's get started. A zip I know disk. Just about, <laughs> I know just about every forensics uh, kit still has IDE in there just in case. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw one the other day. It was literally the just in case, and it had an old uh, – oh, I just suddenly forgot who made it. I think it was called Ditto. It was the zip mm -hmm. drives, those really thick – Oh yeah, man, that is that is some tech. That is old tech. Wow, zip drive. What is those? A hundred megabytes? I think they could store. And like, oh, oh my gosh, 
hold up, you could get the jazz drive, which hold a hundred megs. So back up off that sun. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you could even get a SCSI drive for a connector. Yeah. There you go. The one way SCSIs. Exactly. All right. So this one is an accidental DDoS. I know it's short and sweet. doesn't explain anything, but I just kind of love it. So it's just beautiful. Um, it's just beautiful. It really is. By mistake, I did a DDoS attack on my college website, and the site was site was down for about four hours. I was noob. <laughs> no, sir. You were justice. You were justice incarnate. You just taught them an important lesson. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason that as a noob, you should be able to DDoS a site and take it down for four hours. That's, that's nope. poor engineering. Not at all. Yep, yep. You simply pointed out a small problem. Nice yep. work. Nice that, work. That a stress test or a scream test, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you guys are unfamiliar with what a scream test is in both engineering and security, it is turn it off until somebody screams about it, then turn it back on again and actually get them to talk to us about what's going on with it because nobody will own up and say, this is mine. This is mine to... And we can't yep. seem to talk to the right people. And if we can't trace it to a business process, it's just a device that's hanging out there that nobody's patching, nobody's taking care of, and whatever else. We'll shut right. it off until somebody says, hey, or you know, shut it off or block it until somebody says, hey, wait, this service went down. We need that to make this whole thing work. All right, cool. That means you own it. You own it now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or whoever's near mm -hmm. you that takes care of that service owns it now. Let's get this up to date vulnerability wise. I did that one of the last assignments I was at and it was fantastic. There was this magic server sitting there. Couldn't figure out what its purpose was. Couldn't get into it. It was basically running headless. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, what is this thing? So I kind of went, let's find out. Click, turned it off and it shut down processes you wouldn't believe. And I was like, who did this and that's one of those times when you find out like you find some bad engineering sitting out there in the world mm -hmm. some really bad engineering yep and it's usually it'll happen through an acquisition a merger or a change in leadership where it's like you know kevin retires and he's been there for 20 years and everyone's just like oh he doesn't really do anything and then you come to find out oh he originally programmed that core functionality application is the one that's keeping it running okay in my case, the guy got super angry, super freaked out, stood up in the middle of the office, started screaming at everyone, letting them know what he thought about the place until finally he was escorted off the facility and said, you'll be visited real soon. And wow. that's when they realized how much he had been doing that nobody knew about. No one knew about like I'm looking at like I'm sitting at his desk and there's like these three servers sitting there on his desk and I'm like, there's eight versions of this application. I don't know which one's in production. Wow. Like, oh, dude, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And that was the place where Magic Server, okay, let me, and it's on his desk, man. Click. Yep. And just waiting for the, waiting for the alarms to start, just waiting for them to start. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they did. That was, that was a horror show right there. That yeah, was the that, one. I don't know if I remember me telling you the story about I'm literally sitting there like coding, trying to figure out how to get this stuff going. And I see this hand reach in like out of frame and grab this monster I was drinking. Yeah. And it was one of the cleanup uh, folks. But now they had to carry their vacuums on their back. So imagine the scene. He's kind of, hey, boy, how you doing? And he's got like this vacuum exactly on his back. 
You know what I'm talking about? Because in the secure areas, mm -hmm. like that stuff had to stay in there and everything. And so he picks up my drink and he's like, you see this can, these scratch marks, that's Hebrew, six, six, six. Oh, we're drinking the devil's brew. No. I could not no. believe it. I mean, like this is uh, th that whole assignment. My wife told me a long time ago, I should have wrote down every story, every story, because that was truly a horror implant. Yeah. That was a horror. That's a, that sounds like, yep, I know a couple of people that sound like that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So um, go ahead and hit that next story. Uh, All right. Was that me? Okay. Let's yeah, you're going to read that one. Yeah, I'll take that one. So I was doing some server work in the Davis Center and made a mistake. Oh, not the place to make a mistake. It was no big deal. Just restore from backups. I, let me see right here. I had just stormed and uh, just stormed and was one of those not raining, but still wet days. This was in the middle of the day and it was not, and it would, it, and it would affect production. Oh, not a good spot, spot to be in. I was mentally working on my email to explain the outage when everything went offline. I went down the line checking hosts, switches, and firewalls. Everything seemed fine, but there was no connection. After a few hours worrying that I had really broken something, I quickly left to grab lunch. Why would you do that? Outside, I saw the backhoe had laid its support legs on the internet fiber and broke clean through. So I was off the hook, but the storm that followed ended up in a six-figure insurance claim. Wow. Oh, man. Wow. There you that go. is so real. That is so real. So <coughs> many times. I. So wow. many times where an outage has been caused by, you know, the ISP, somebody. I, I have had some that happened from um, fiber that was being ran up a pole and then a car smashes into it and the pole falls over, you know, from a drunken night previously or. Right. Um, Another another one where, of course, somebody's they're digging a trench along the side of the road. They call for, you know, to mark everything and they mark the magnetic wires. They don't mark the non-magnetic wires, you know. Right, right. It's ah. it's really great when you drive by something and you just see this big colorful bundle up in the air on a backhoe. And you're like, oh, somebody's. I've seen one that was wrapped around the uh, auger of the screw that was going into the ground because they were putting in a post Oh, oh and you just see all the all the cat mm. you know six and all the fiber just sitting there mid-air in a big bundle look like a really wow. bad easter egg basket oh that man and the thing about it is, is this is the one that i don't get how do these long-haul carriers end up dropping these things in places and not like warning everybody we may have done something stupid out there we had one literally hundreds of miles away from the sock that we were at. Okay. This was a major one, dude. This was like a fusion center type situation. And the whole area just lost the internet. It was like, poof, it just went like we lost all outbound connection, literally next state over. And like, we, like, as soon as we found out the base commander issued a command, like, go look at this, somebody go look at this. I want eyes on this situation. It was a farmer in the next state over was trying to shore up. I'm not making this up. It was the most incredible thing ever. He was trying to shore up under this bridge overpass and this long haul company had run their fiber through there. And that there was insane. no marking on it. There was none. And this thing was supporting what? And apparently because of the way they configured it, there was no failover. It wouldn't reroute. It was this wire or no connection. 
amazing. From the next state over. From the next state over. I'm not going to name the state because I don't want to name the fusion center, but it was a major fusion center, dude. This was not wow. some little bitty place. This was a big deal. And it went poof. And we're all checking, checking, checking. Nothing. Everything's fine leaving out. And then that's when the long haul carriers called up and was like, um, we, we found the problem. Yeah, it was a it was a farmer. What? Where? Because then we thought it was like off site, just off the base or something. No. Yeah. Next state over. Wow. In the middle of nowhere. <coughs> that is <coughs> that is incredible. That is oh, dude, just we I- couldn't believe we couldn't believe it. That's why the commander was like, I want eyes on this situation right now. I want somebody mm-hmm. staring at this because I do not believe what I'm hearing. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't blame like that. That sounds completely illogical and implausible. <laughs> and it's completely ridiculous. We had mm-hmm. airmen like jumping in their little, you know, like their Honda, you know, souped, souped up Hondas because they just felt like, yeah, and they all like shooting one state over. So they could get eyes on this and call back in, you know, uh, commander, sir. Yes, sir. Colonel. Yeah, we found <laughs> it was well, there's your problem. Yeah, we found it. <laughs> called a backhoe and one courageous farmer. <laughs> well, there's your problem. <laughs> it was the stupidest thing ever. It was the stupidest thing. I still don't believe it happened, but yeah, oh, it I, was I, I, I long enough in the federal government, I fully <laughs> believe that happened. <laughs> there's ladies a reason i don't work in federal service again and i won't i won't ever either ladies and gentlemen you do not know excitement until you've worked within the federal government that is exciting Where it's not just the excitement of the federal government it is the excitement of the federal government in the military department of defense where your managers are non-technical people not not at all not at all so you have, you have combatant commanders and you have regular commanders and you have commanders that were trained to do like one of my commanders at one point was uh, a pilot. He was a pilot. Oh yeah. No, yeah, yeah. no yeah. communication training whatsoever, making nope. communication decisions. Mm-mm, not at all. We had one of those two. Uh, uh, I'll just say major. And he had just, he had just come out of the cockpit was like yep. cruising to retirement. And just wanted yep. to sit in a chair and take it easy. And he had a room full of psychopaths to deal with and no clue what to do with this. It was great. Like the first thing we had to explain to him was like, why does this place smell like fresh paint? And I'm like, look, third shift, they have nothing to do. They paint Warhammer characters. What is Warhammer? And I was like, come on, let me show you. <laughs> that is that is great. Just try. Well, and. I remember being at a, we were at the primary security center for the Marine Corps. So it's about mm-hmm. 1,200 people in total between Marines and Marines were only about 300. And then the rest were all contractors, civilians, something yep. like that. Lots of contractors. Yep. Very, very ballpark numbers I'm throwing around here. But he was giving a speech and he kept using sports metaphors. I'm like, dude, you're in a technical command. Maybe sports is not, you know, everybody's strong suit or talking points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the corpsman. You know, they, you probably got some sports fans there, but for all the corpsman, everybody there was dealing only with with technology or security. Uh-huh. It was, that was it. This was <laughs> the entire command, and so he's he kept keeps using football puns, and I'm sitting there like, read the room, dude. Like, no, nope, <laughs> your nope, jokes are not landing. Let them die. Let them get on stage and die. Just get up there and die. You paid for it. Get up there. <laughs> All right, yeah. so we got one more. I'll read off um, one more story for you guys. 
Jokes on Jokes. you. Yes, sir. When I was young, I was playing a game and I got legitimately hacked by a person who sent links containing malware on the game's chat server. The Ooh. person took remote control, changed my keyboard to Russian, and was moving my mouse around the screen. By reflex, I cut the internet off and restarted my PC. Cut the hard uh -huh. line. Yep, I had a it. lot of nightmares because of the event. I bet. But after <laughs> this event, I asked myself questions about how the person had done it, and that allowed me to know cybersecurity to finally make it my job. Hey! Hey! The house burnt down. I'm gonna be a fireman. Watch this. Hey, there you go. But yeah, jokes, jokes on them. They went and they doubled down and became, you know, really good at cybersecurity. I mean, that probably used that too. So, uh, you know, while right. they're at it, so that's good. Right, right. I mean, after all, you know, we're the. I was. That's one of the one of the coolest things about I think the training that we do is the fact that you're gonna get a lot of real world like sorry kiddos this is how it actually happens type training versus like the hi welcome to training on no 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 been burnt <laughs> been cut got the bruises let me explain how to avoid them yep yep absolutely it, it was it's yeah it is definitely one of those things that you you come to learn you come to find out you learn through yep. cuts and bruises and scrapes and then you know, if you're lucky, you get to pass the that type of knowledge on to somebody else beneath you. And, right. you know, all of our instructors all have experience of what not to do. It's one of the things I talk about really frequently is like, be very cautious when you're using SSH, when you're configuring firewall rules. Mm -hmm. Don't accidentally lock yourself out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't you know? do that. Hey, when you're in the cloud, you know what you should let in? Just what you need to let in. Don't get lazy and start going just opening it up for the world because you wanted to make it work. That's mm -hmm. wrong. And by the Same way, this whole thing needs to be just about with like infrastructure. Oh, GitHub. Oh, yes. And by the way, <laughs> woo, woo, boy, you just opened a can of worms of me, son. That right I, there. I cannot tell you how many cloud instant response engagements I have been on due to the fact that a developer accidentally made his <laughs> GitHub repository public and released the keys. Over half a dozen. How? How is this still happening? Like GitHub now even has gone as far as to say, we got scanners built in, so when you're dumb, we'll let you know. I mean, literally, it's built into it now, and we mm -hmm. still do it. We still do it. It's like, it's like the S3 bucket fiasco that we still hear about. It's like, look, the bucket by default is secure. If you decide to let the whole world in, first of all, what were you thinking? But then don't mm -hmm. act shocked when all your secrets and data go out the door. Come on. And well, so I think the other thing, too, is people think it's they're like, oh, it's just me and only I know about this. And they don't realize the amount of automation that's there scanning for this stuff, looking for somebody to leave the door open. A spooky thing that you can do as a as mm -hmm. a as an AWS employee, there's a really spooky thing you can do to end your career in a day. It's really easy. Here's what you do: at the beginning of the day, create a public S3 bucket and just let it sit there, and do it on a special network. I'm not going to name the network. Any Amazonian who's watching this is going to know what I'm talking about. Create it there. I think it's within 10 minutes your boss gets a call, and then wow. in 15 minutes your boss's boss gets a call and the at that time the ceo andy jazzy gets an email like you wow. are known quickly 
as to what's going on. So yeah, like that, but you talk about doing something spooky on Halloween. That's it right there. Create a public bucket. In fact, there's a lot of companies out there now that have got that in place, Jack, where if you create a public bucket on their infrastructure, within minutes, you're being notified. What are you doing? Good. That, I mean, that's good. That, there's, there is no reason to be doing that anymore. I mean, it, it's, it's one Not of those things where I, I really do. I like the way that we've been moving as far as a, an economy goes where we are forcing security by technical default. Mm -hmm. You have to, mm -hmm. you have, have to force insecurity and with yes. multiple prompts and options and everything else like that. And it's, go it's coming through on a lot of different devices where it's just that way, which is good. You know, secure, security through technical control is the most preferred because you can write all the policy all day, all you want until it's right. enforceable. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, you know, and it's like, it's like, I think it's one of the last things that I did before I left the DOD is I came up with this heretical idea of, hey, all this infrastructure as code that we have, all this cloud formation and stuff like this, uh, take it away from us, the architects, and give it to cybersecurity. They own yeah. it. Give it to them. And then if we want to build something, we've got to go talk to them. I, I, I prefer more so as development on the rails, if you will. Yeah. Create the environment, you know, create a standardized development accounts to where they can and cannot access the things mm -hmm. from a, I mean, the IAM controls in the cloud, both, all three of the, the groups is so mm -hmm. strong. There's right. no reason that you just can't set up a standard and say, this is the dev account. No, you cannot make bu buckets public. You have to come to us for it. That's right. Then you can develop right. everything that you want and you don't have to talk to security unless you need to bypass the security controls. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So and here, and for everybody listening, by the way, if you don't get what the import of this is from Jack and I is, is that I know it sounds like a pain. I know it sounds like trouble. Oh, it's going to slow me down. But you're not going to be awake at 3 a.m. in the morning figuring out how you just got owned either. It is absolutely mm -hmm. worth it. Spooky and IT is not good. Go for no. boring. Go for no, boring. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah. What is, oh, uh, there is a, The Hitman's Bodyguard is a great movie where Ryan Reynolds has a whole security bodyguard service. And yeah. he's like, I think, I think his saying in that is boring is best or boring is good or something like that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Just keep it boring. Get good when training, implement what you learned, stick to it, and just keep it boring. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, configure what you can to make sure that it stays boring too. Exactly. Well, I appreciate you, Brooks. Thank you so much for your reactions and everything else oh, like thank that. thank you so much for letting me come on, man. I Great appreciate it. Thanks. Oh, man, that skeleton. That was not good. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks, IT team. It's <laughs> <laughs> doing the cha-cha slide there with you. Yeah. Oh, well, yours is well, even better. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure what it's doing. I'm, I'm a little confused. Um, anyway. That wraps up today's stream. Thank you so much for watching. And if you missed it live, look for the replay across our social channels and on the IE website. Be sure to like, subscribe on the social platform you're using so you can stay in the loop for details on our next stream and notifications when we go live. Until next time. <laughs> we'll see you.